In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. That's from King Solomon I'm quoting this morning and not the birds. In preparing for Ash Wednesday, I was reading someone's commentary and they reflected that each Ash Wednesday has felt a bit different for them. Some years hard, some years merciful. On my own reflection, I realized that was true for me too. I can remember my first year as an Episcopalian. Ash Wednesday was exciting, but Ash Wednesday and Lent were intimidating. I wanted to do it right. Some years have seen great times of change in my life and moving closer to God. And if I can be honest, some years, Lenten disciplines feel like a duty and a chore. Something that we have to do. You remember two years ago in late February of 2020, I was happy to get to Ash Wednesday. The GOEs were behind me and I was on track to be ordained a deacon in June. God was working in my heart and mind in many different ways. And I felt like I was getting closer to a milestone in my journey. Then March came in like a lion. And March never left. At least it didn't feel like it left. Not for a long time. It's part of a minority of Christians in this country who can say they were in church on Easter. But it was different. No joyous crowds of worshipers. No hallelujahs and hosannas singing to the rafters. There were a half a dozen of us fully masked and as far apart from each other as we could and still do our respective jobs. My son Thomas was live streaming the service. And I just remember looking around and though we were celebrating the joy of Easter, it really didn't feel like a particularly joyous occasion. And then I got home, and it felt like Lent continued because I didn't go anywhere except for the store for months. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. God is calling his people in Isaiah to change, to forsake what they're doing wrong. They don't understand. They ask God questions, and God's not answering them. They fast, they worship. They do everything they've been taught to do. Outwardly, they seem like they're living the life God wants them to live. And they have a very simple question. God, why aren't you answering us? Why aren't you noticing our fasts? Why aren't you noticing how humble, humble we are? And God, through Isaiah, responds directly. Because you're not worshiping me for the right reasons. When you're fasting, you're not doing it to serve God. You're serving your own interests. You're mistreating those who work for you. You're using your fast as a bludgeon to beat your opponents into submission. Look at how spiritual I am. You're not as spiritual as I am, so do what I say. God doesn't care if you're acting the part of someone who's humble and putting on a show. No, God wants us to loose the bonds of injustice, undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. It's not to share... Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, cover them, and try not to hide yourself from your own kin. In our gospel this morning, Jesus is echoing Isaiah in three areas, giving, praying, and fasting. So whenever you give alms, do not sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, 
so they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, in the street corners, so they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their rewards. Jesus is saying, if you want to be a hypocrite, if you want everyone to know what a good and spiritual person you are, go out and do those things that way. Make sure you put on a show every time you put something in the offering plate or every time you fast. Yes, everyone will think you're spiritual, but you're getting your reward right here in the moment. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins and heals all your infirmities. He redeems your life from the grave and crowns you with mercy and loving kindness. When I say, and when Jesus and when Paul went to worship, they heard the words David had written long ago. Paul writes, we entreat you on behalf of God. Be reconciled to God. The beauty of the gospel is this. God sent Jesus to reconcile him to us, us to him. Paul has been writing to a church that he loves, but in his absence has been beset with divisions. They don't agree with each other. They've broken into factions. People are acting the way Isaiah and Jesus have been talking about today. They've weaponized their acts of devotion and worship to cudgel each other into submission. And all Paul wants is for them to be reconciled with God and with each other. At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. Paul is quoting Isaiah here, a different part. He's encouraging the Corinthians and us to accept the love and mercy that Christ came here to bring. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's nothing today that you have done that God will not forgive. Simply ask. And when we do ask, when we ask for that forgiveness, then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your near guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places. Make your bones strong, and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins rebuilt, and you will rise up foundations for many generations. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to live in. God is not calling us to avoid fasts or prayer or giving, but he wants us to do it out of love. Now I know that every Ash Wednesday we hear this particular gospel and this particular epistle, and it's easy to look at the situations that are being addressed there and go, okay, Jeremiah, I've already worked those out. But as we read last week, all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as through a reflected mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. If you've already worked through those issues, take this season of Lent as a time to intentionally and prayerfully work on being transformed.
Maybe as simple as setting 10 or 15 extra minutes aside. Turn off the ringer on your phone. Put away the remote control or the book in your hand and pray. We all know the world needs a little bit of extra prayer right now. Start a devotional book. Read the Bible a little bit more. Finally, go up to the attic and find the luggage and clothes you've been meaning to bring down here and put them in the car. Or maybe God wants you to help break the yoke that Isaiah talks about this morning and bring freedom to people. If you need help, I'm happy to discuss Lenten disciplines with you. We entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. We have it up there on the wall, and it's on your bookmarks for today. On this Ash Wednesday, I implore you, don't let the situation of the world impact what you need to do. Let that work of growing closer to our Savior start today. Amen.